0: Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation.
1: We're your hosts, I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're gonna be recapping the 2023 thriller drama, Leave the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, Myhala Harold, and Kevin Bacon.
0: Randomly, just Kevin Bacon.
1: <laughs> Randomly Kevin Bacon. <laughs> For a minute, I'm like the skateboard guy?
0: No, that that's Tony Hawk. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Different Hawk. Different Hawk. Different Hawk. We've seen apocalyptic movies and we've seen yes. post apocalyptic movies, but this is kind of like a pre apocalyptic movie.
1: This is like a real
0: time apocalyptic movie. You know what I mean? So, this movie also was produced by Barack Obama.
1: Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. So, this is. <laughs> Say psych. Say psych.
0: <laughs> so, this is what the director said. The director said that he got notes from obama and that the scariest part of the notes is that obama was like yeah this looks good i just have a few minor things i want i want to include no and the director was like wait like i thought you were going to be like this is overboard and you're telling me this is actually like this will probably happen one day
1: barry say say psych. <laughs> <Stay> psych. <laughs> can i call you barry i'm gonna call you barry Barack Obama. Oh my
0: God, no! You absolutely. I feel like we've been through a lot no, together. You absolutely cannot call him Barry. Where the fuck did that come from, I, Barry? I don't know. Barry is an old white man. It just felt right. It does not feel right at all. Anyways,
1: you know what? If he doesn't want me to call him Barry, he can personally correct me.
0: <laughs> Give us a shout out, Barry.
1: <laughs> you know what? No, I hate that he was like. Sounds right. Sounds
0: about right. <laughs> This movie opens up with a shot of Earth from out of space. And after we get a little creepy look at how vulnerable we are out in space, we are zoomed into a room in New York City where there's a wife, very obviously in a manic episode.
1: She decides that, you know what? I'm going to kidnap my family and take them to Long Island. Her husband wakes up to her
0: packing bags she tells him like, oh, hey, honey, I just rented a house in Long Island by the beach. Like, come on, let's go. He's so confused. But you know what? I love her vibe
1: because she's just starts staring out the window and he's like, what are you looking at? She's like, I fucking hate
0: people. Yeah. And I'm like, same. She's having a little mini existential crisis. Like, She just woke up one day and she's just like, I don't like people and I live in a city full of people. Not just full of people. The thing to understand about New York City is that, like, you don't have physical space when you live in a city like that, and all you have is your mental space. And so you just pr- you protect your mental space by just like building this imaginary cocoon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Julia Roberts plays the wife, and then Tony Hawk, Ethan Hawk, <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawk plays the husband. Okay, they have two kids. They have a, a teenage boy and a kind of like preteen daughter. She's 13, so like yeah. barely teenage daughter. So little girl. Yeah, and this seems like your normal average family. The husband is just tiptoeing around the wife because he's afraid that she's going to lose her shit because female rage has been bubbling for a millennia.
1: Well, also she, you were talking about how you're surrounded by people constantly in New York. Mm-hmm. She also works in a job that requires her to finesse with people on a daily basis. Yeah, she's in sales. So not only is she surrounded by people physically, but now she's also surrounded by people's emotions at
0: her job. So
1: girly pop does need a break.
0: So the whole family packs up on this very impromptu last minute vacation to Long Island, and it seems like they're going to a very rich area. Yeah, it's Hampton's adjacent. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's called a hamlet. You know how they have like middle class and upper middle class. This is probably like yeah, lower upper class. Lower lower upper class. Cannot relate. <laughs> Cannot relate. They would have gotten lifeboats on the Titanic, but they probably would have had to wait in line for them. It's like those are the vibes.
1: Ooh, I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this house is just gorgeous! It's on several acres. It looks like you can't see the neighbors. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. modern. It's backed by woods. It has a pool, and apparently, it's close to the beach. Like it's on a beach community, and it seems yes. like this is rich people's summer home. So the rich people have kind of gone back to the city at this point.
1: Yes. You know what? They're here. They're in the Hamptons. In the Hamptons, mm-hmm. um, they're here. They're in. You can't even pronounce it. That's how poor you are. (laughs) I can't even pronounce it. That is how poor I am. Ocean View. That's my tax bracket. Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. We can pronounce that. (laughs) I had to remember where I came from for a second. Um, So they're in the Hamptons. Mom's like, "Hey, mandatory fun day. We're going to the beach."
0: So they go to this beach. I mean, there are people there, so you could tell this is late, late summer, like early fall situation. It's probably just after Labor Day. Right. So they're chilling on the beach and off to the distance, there's there's a big oil ship.
1: Yeah, which is probably not uncommon.
0: I guess. I don't really know their routes, but after watching this scene, I kind of want to look up where, the, where they're supposed to be and where they're not supposed to be.
1: You know what? Part of me wants to know, but the other part of me really hopes those aren't public.
0: (laughs) Part of me feels like we might end up on a list for Googling it.
1: You know what? I think there are a lot of other things that we've Googled that put us on a list. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Theodore. Theodore is my NSA agent, (laughs) so I, I don't know if that's his name. Imaginary.
0: Imaginary. That's just what I call him. Some people have imaginary friends. Courtney has an imaginary NSA agent. He doesn't, like, offer her companionship. He just judges the things that she Googles. He just judges the things that I Google. And then
1: I'm assuming (laughs) that he's the one that monitors how high on
0: a list that I am. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it break your heart if you found out that not only is there no Theodore, but you're, like, not even on their radar It would. You will start Googling how to make bombs, like, because you would be so heartbroken. (laughs) You would be like, I need to get on that fucking list.
1: (laughs) Do you know how dangerous I could be? I took a knife into the Smithsonian by accident. I flew with an expired driver's license and your TSA agents didn't even bat an eyelash.
0: (laughs) You're too adorable for your own good. That's the problem.
1: Listen, if you ever want it to be a real threat to the country, You need to look like a middle-aged soccer mom. So, listen, they're sitting there on the beach... Wife is relaxing, husband is napping, son is on his phone, daughter is tabletless because there's no Wi Fi. And so she's just being a little weirdo staring
0: out into space. She's staring out at that huge oil ship, and she is the only one that realizes that the boat is actually getting closer to shore. And when she points it out, the mom is like, oh, yeah, that's weird. I guess there must be a dock around here. But there isn't a dock around here.
1: Can you take a look around, look to your left, (laughs) look to your right? Do you see a dock? All I see is a huge ass fucking ship heading to shore. A boat that size? We're not talking some rinky dink little wooden dock, okay? We're talking huge. Do
0: you see a huge industrial boat dock? Right, right. No, the boat is getting closer and closer. And the thing is, it's going straight ahead. It's going straight towards the beach. It's not slowing. It's just going like normal speed. It's so interesting the way people react because Mm -hmm. everyone's standing on the beach and they're staring at this boat. And I think everyone's thinking the same thing, which is like, no, like it's not gonna they're gonna stop like they're not gonna crash Mm -hmm. into a beach full of people
1: crashes into a beach full of people. But it doesn't look like anybody's hurt. It looks like everybody did get out of the way.
0: Everyone gets ushered off the beach because obviously Mm -hmm. there was just an accident. And as everyone is leaving, security actually tells the wife like, yeah, there's been several groundings up the coast, like something is going on with their navigation systems. The wife Mm -hmm. asks zero follow-up questions. Zero. It seems like she goes, this has literally nothing to do with me. So off I go.
1: What? No. I have so many follow-up questions. How many? Are they all on this coast? Are there some on the other coast? The way I would get on Google so fast. But guess what? Even if she wanted to get on Google, she couldn't because they get back to the house and the internet's not working.
0: Right. So the family gets back to the house. The internet is down. Everyone's annoyed that the internet's not working, but no one is more annoyed than the daughter because she is one episode away from finishing friends like the entire show and we talked about this before how like you should always have a book that you haven't finished or a show that you haven't finished just Mm -hmm. so that you have a reason to come back and haunt people yes you need unfinished business this is the daughter's unfinished business okay and she has no idea that they're heading towards an apocalypse and she might die without ever finishing friends she's
1: literally telling her dad
0: like reboot the tv reboot the router do Mm -hmm. something
1: and he's like "Uh, read a book. And she's like, you are the worst.
0: So that night the kids go to bed. The parents are kind of hanging out and it seems like they just, they're not really talking about what just happened at the beach. The way a
1: ship crashing into the beach right in front of me would be the only thing I could talk about.
0: Yeah. Anyways, the wife seems to be kind of like semi-paranoid. Yeah, the wife says that she hears someone and she tells the husband, like, grab a bat, grab something. Someone is here. Because, again, this is a rental house kind of in the middle of nowhere because it's on acres of land. There's nothing around. There's no reason why someone should be, like, coming up to their house. And yeah, they're not coming up the front door. Someone's at the side door. First
1: of all, does this husband look like he could fight somebody? He does
0: not. Um, So he opens the door and it's a black man and his daughter. The black man and his daughter, and they are dressed to the nines. Okay. Yes. The stranger is wearing a tux, and his daughter is wearing a gown.
1: And they rolled up in like a freaking like fancy, fancy car. So like their outfits are screaming money. Their car is screaming money. Mm -hmm. But also, they're strangers that just showed up in the middle of the night. Right. The man, the stranger, he is very awkward with his words.
0: Yeah. He seems a little nervous. The stranger tells them, Hey, my name is George. We talked via email. He tells the wife and the wife is like, I have no idea who you are. And he's like, yeah, I mean, we haven't met, but this is, this is my house. You guys are renting this house from me. And the wife is instantly very suspicious. You could tell right away. She doesn't believe that he owns the house. She goes, you own this house? The stranger's daughter immediately gets an attitude with the wife because she is sensing the microaggressions. Yes. Would she have been as suspicious if, they, if it was a white man and, and a little white girl?
1: I personally would have been more suspicious <laughs> of a strange white man showing up. Well, no, that's just because if me as a white woman is going to be murdered, I am more likely to be harmed by a white man than I am by a black man.
0: That's very true, actually. Just
1: statistically, like I'm more afraid of strange white men than I am of strange black men.
0: Yeah. So you can imagine this is a very awkward encounter, right? Because the wife and the husband are like, what the heck is going on? This stranger is saying, oh, hey, so what happened was my daughter and I, we were driving back from the symphony at the Bronx. There was a blackout in the city and I just took the back roads and it just, you know, muscle memory took me right back here.
1: Yeah, he said that he realized that the city it was just going to be a disaster and that this was safer for him. So he was just really hoping that him and his daughter could stay here for the night, you know, hopefully the blackout would be solved by the morning, they could regroup by the light of day. But also the guy is very uncomfortable and that could be for a lot of reasons. One, It could be because he is at the mercy of a strange white couple. It could be because it's dark. It could be because maybe he's lying a little.
0: I understand from the other side that the wife is suspicious of him because he's not offering proof that he is the owner of this house. And quite honestly, I don't know that I would have even let someone in because, again, we're in the middle of nowhere. You're saying you're the owner of the house. Uh, once he is invited in by the husband, mm-hmm. the stranger does go over to a cabinet and he does unlock the cabinet and grab something out of it. So that's the only proof we have that he really does know the house. It
1: is the only proof we have that he is the owner of the house, but the phones of the Internet are not working right now. So sh- nobody can verify anything. However, when she asked to see an ID, his ID was left in his coat Mm -hmm. and his wallet
0: that was left at the symphony. Well, and he says, I left in such a hurry because, you know, of the commotion.
1: And she's like, but I thought you told me that you heard on your way back.
0: Yeah, that was the first indication that this man is he might be who he says he is but he is not telling the whole truth he's he's hiding something so the house definitely looks like somebody that has secrets there is a wall of windows oh my god you're so right anytime there's a wall of windows it's because there are secrets and these people are shady no normal person wants a house that's all walls of windows Listen, having a
1: house one day with a wall of windows is now on my to-do list. Yeah, goals.
0: I want to have secrets. I have no secrets.
1: Along with living until at the very least January first, two thousand one hundred. I'm sorry to
0: break it to you, Bestie. Shh. Bestie, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> Listen, I hate to tell you this, Bestie. Let me let me live, okay?
1: Let me dream,
0: okay? You're trying to live 80 more years? Bitch, you're almost 40. That's not gonna work. Take
1: it back. I am 34, okay? I have not even hit mid 30s yet. You shut your whore mouth. I'm barely 30. (laughs) Fuck all the way off. You're almost 40. I am almost 40.
0: The way you just got so angry about the way time works. (laughs) It's not my fucking fault. So the emergency
1: system on the TV comes on that just says, this is not a test. All programming will cease. This is an emergency broadcast, but they're not going to be getting information. How
0: fucking vague. It's literally the vague booking of the emergency broadcasting for me. It's like that woman on Facebook that goes, going through a really hard time right now. Life is hard. Don't ask me questions. Like that's literally what that emergency broadcast is doing.
1: And then everyone's like, girl, what's going on? PM me. Yeah, PM me. That's literally what the broadcast is saying. But you can't PM the government because everything's down.
0: Now we have the stranger and his daughter, the wife and the husband, and they're standing there looking at this TV that that has this blue screen saying that there's an emergency. The stranger... Is being so awkward and he's kind of laughing it off like, uh, ha, ha, I'm sure it's nothing. The wife and the husband go and talk privately. She's like, I don't want them
1: here. And he's like, I can't kick them out. Yeah. But the stranger does offer. He said there's an in-law suite in the basement. We'll sleep there tonight. Mm-hmm. He gives them a thousand dollars. He goes, listen, I'll give you this. It's about half of what you pay for the week. I'll refund you this money in cash and then we'll talk about it all in the morning, okay? Stranger's daughter's super pissy. She's like, we're sleeping in the
0: basement of our own house. And so that's kind of where where things are left. The husband Mm -hmm. and wife go to bed. The stranger and his daughter go to the basement. And in the basement, we get more indication that- The stranger knows more than he's letting on.
1: The stranger alludes to have received some information from a client. We don't really know what the stranger does for a living,
0: but he received some
1: information from a client that led him to believe that he needed to leave the city.
0: And the daughter says, we need to get these people out of our house. The stranger says, yes, but they have to think everything's going to be all right. And the daughter goes, isn't it? Because it seems like the daughter doesn't know what's going on either.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, you can't be like, hey, there's a mass emergency. You need to leave. Right. Because honestly, like this couple and their children outnumber you.
0: And so what, what it seems at this point that's happening is that this stranger has information about the upcoming apocalypse. And he wants to get these people out of his house without mm-hmm. rousing too much suspicion absolutely and at this point like if there's a state of emergency like this it's all about resources and hoarding resources and a house is a resource
1: i'm gonna bring it up i know you hate when i bring it up okay Do you have a binder? Okay. (laughs) Do you have, do you have a catastrophe binder? Okay. Because I have a plan if shit like this goes down. Do you have a plan if shit like this goes down?
0: What does your family do if widespread communication is no longer working? You know what? I completely forgot about your cycle binder. So Courtney has a binder. It's basically a binder. She has tabs for every single possible event that could happen and and what she's going to do. And I just have a question. Yeah. How many blocks of text are there? Because I can't read an instruction manual to save my life. Like I don't have the attention span for it. And I just feel like if the world was falling apart, I will for sure not have the attention span to read the directions that I wrote for myself.
1: Cool, cool, cool. So everybody in your family will have instructions and you just hand them their to-do list. <laughs>
0: Courtney, the world is on fire. <laughs> and they need a job. And you're giving people to-do lists. Okay. Okay. Yes. listen. I do need a binder. I completely agree. I actually was thinking, like, guess what you're getting for Christmas? Am I getting a binder for Christmas?
1: I'm gonna get you a binder for Christmas. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll I'll, I'll give you my templates. Oh my god, I would love that. And you know what? Guess what? I also had in my binder a dead dad tab. And guess what? I had to use in August the dead dad tab. Yes, <laughs> it came in handy. <laughs> it came in handy. Bitch, who's laughing now?
0: (laughs) Both of us. Um. (laughs) Laughing and crying at the same time. The stranger's
1: daughter also asks him, mom's going to be okay, right? Because the mom is supposed to be flying home from Morocco and they can't communicate with her. We already know navigation with ships is messed up. Right. I think it's safe to say that maybe navigation with planes is also messed up. And so the daughter is worried about her mom.
0: And the stranger, you could tell he's a good father. He's trying to calm his daughter down. He's in this position Uh where he obviously knows something bad is happening, but he's trying to protect his daughter while at the same time keep the truth from her, which I don't know if you can do. You know what I mean? She's an adult. Well, she's an adult, but also like you can't really protect someone by hiding the truth from them.
1: Especially not in a situation like this. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So while everyone is asleep... We get a shot of the TV that, again, just has that blue screen with the emergency, the really vague emergency warning. And it Uh seems like the Internet flashes on for a few seconds because suddenly that message is replaced by news footage. And we get just like a blink of the eye look at what's happening on the news. How? fucking dedicated our reporters that
1: there's an apocalypse <laughs> happening and they're still going to work.
0: Bitch. And like, not only are they still going to work, but no one can even see what they're doing. But they're like, if someone can, we need to inform them. This is why the press is one of the pillars of our democracy. We need them. Yeah. Anyway, so the screen flashes to news footage. It seems to be a map of the United States and it's like cover coded. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like different shades of red, which like is never good. You know what I Mm. mean? Like, you don't want to see like your state deep red in any map. (laughs) I live in Kentucky. My state is always deep red. Okay. So the headline at the bottom of this picture says cyber attacks across the entire country, but it's only a picture of the U.S. It's not a picture of the world. So this Mm -hmm. apocalypse is only happening in the United States. Which honestly, like no one's surprised. That checks out
1: totally. Honestly, do you think that the aliens are watching what's going on on Earth and they're
0: like, thank God. <laughs> oh, man, we thought we were going to have to step in, but they're going to take care of this for us. We thought we were going to have to destroy them at some point, but they just like did it themselves. Yeah, totally. Totally
1: when the wife wakes up in the morning well she the wife wakes up to her daughter like shaking her like mom the internet's still not working i can't watch friends <laughs>
0: that's all the daughter is thinking about the whole time yeah. the world is ending and she's like i need to watch friends i think mom forgets what's happening for a minute yeah she just
1: wakes up and she's like i'll be there in a minute and she rolls over and grabs her phone and she sees she has 4 notifications on her phone about cyber attacks and mass communication loss and stuff on her phone and she goes to wake her husband up and in the seconds it takes to wake her husband up the notifications disappear
0: so it seems like that glitch where the internet came on and we saw that flash on the screen messages came through that's when she got the notifications i don't know why they disappeared do notifications disappear if you don't have internet uh, no, screenshot that shit. <laughs> Girl.
1: <laughs> it's like you've never stalked somebody. You screenshot everything.
0: Like you, come on. But yeah, so at this point, the adults are convening in the kitchen and sharing the news that something uh-huh. is indeed happening and that it's more than just a power outage in the city. Again, they're in Long Island. They still have power. I thought that was interesting. Well, some of these houses probably have solar and stuff. Okay, it's probably like on generator or something. So right now, the adults have to come up with a plan to like get information because that's the priority. And dude, this is the most terrifying part and kind of the most realistic part of this movie is the fact that if the communications and the power outages happen, we can't communicate with each other. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so the adults come up with a plan. So... Stranger says, I'm going to go over to my neighbor's house, the Huxley. I don't think they're home, but I'm going to go see if I can find anything. The husband says, I'm going to drive into town. I'm going to see if I can find a newspaper or find somebody with information. The wife says, I'll stay here with all the children. Yeah. Okay. We're getting to like one of the creepiest parts of the entire movie for me. What? That morning, the daughter goes outside. There's deer. There's not one deer or two deers, there's hundreds of deers and they're just staring
0: at her. They're coming in from the woods into the backyard, staring at the house.
1: It's so eerie. It is eerie. It's so eerie because deers are flighty
0: animals. Right. They usually scatter away from humans and the fact that they're finding each other because deers don't travel in these huge of groups.
1: When animals start acting strange, you need to be afraid.
0: Yes, for sure. So the husband is out to town and he's, first of all, he is me. If you pick me up and drop me off a mile from my house without a GPS, I'm going to get lost. Yes. And so that's what's happening to the husband. He goes out to town. He gets lost. He doesn't know where he is. He's driving down this rural road and Mm -hmm. he comes across a woman and this woman is hysterical. She is screaming in Spanish. Do you want to hear what she said? Yes. So there is no subtitles to what she's saying, which I thought was an. I was going to ask you what she was saying. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting choice for them not to put subtitles. But basically, she's screaming that they need to get out of here, that she saw a military plane spraying red stuff and she thinks it's chemicals. And she's like, please help me. I need to get out of here. And the husband just says, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. He's so freaked out by how freaked out she is that he just drives off.
1: It's so sad because her grip on the window as he's trying to drive away, it's heartbreaking because yeah. she has this grip. She's all alone. Right. She's begging him to stop. She's like, senor, senor, senor. So he's driving away from her and he sees this plane and it has this trail of red coming from behind it. I think it's chemicals at
0: first too. Right. It looks like red gas. So he turns the car around and starts speeding in the opposite direction obviously back toward the house and as the plane gets closer because you can't outrun a freaking it looks almost like a fighter jet it looks like a very fast am i exaggerating Mm -hmm. it's not a fighter jet it looks like a crop duster (laughs) that's so off i was so off i don't know planes Could you
1: imagine fighting a war with crop dusters because nobody suspects them?
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, anyway, so this plane, as it gets closer to the car, we realize it's not spraying red chemicals. It's actually spraying red pamphlets. While
1: the husband is trying to outrun this crop duster military plane, whatever, (laughs) you know, while he's trying to outrun this plane, you have the wife, the stranger's daughter And the two children back at the house, Mm -hmm. the wife's plan was, I'm just going to distract them with the pool all day.
0: Yeah, because the wife doesn't want the kids to know that something weird is going on, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. But these are older kids, though. They're like teens and preteens, and they're going to know.
1: You can only really hide that something is off for so long.
0: Yeah, and I think as a kid, you already feel so powerless to the events happening Mm -hmm. around you. Being gaslit on top of that is not fun.
1: The two younger kids get out of the pool.
0: Yeah. The kids are off exploring the woods. All they really find in the woods is a shed in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even, doesn't look like a fancy shed. I'm like, what, what were these rich people keeping in a shed in the middle of the woods? Like, that's a little sus.
1: It is a little sus. Maybe it was there beforehand and they just left it when they built their fancy houses. Maybe. I like that explanation. We have husband out a plane. We have children exploring the woods. And then we have the stranger who goes to his
0: neighbor's house. These houses are so far apart. He has to drive to the neighbor's house. Yes. So he drives to the neighbor's house. The neighbor's house is right off the beach. It's like waterfront property.
1: There is the house and then there is a yard and then there is a sand dune. And then there is the beach.
0: As soon as he pulls up to this house, it looks like it's been ransacked there's debris scattered throughout the yard like something happened yeah. in this house
1: yeah something happened in this house so the stranger goes up to the door the door is open mm-hmm. so he pushes it open and he walks in and he goes hey it's george i let myself in are you guys home and at this point i'm like okay he does in fact own this house next door
0: yeah i agree that was when i believed him i was like yeah i totally believed you the whole time my bro
1: So he's walking around and it's just super weird because this house is torn apart. It is broken glass and
0: stuff everywhere. The stranger knows apparently that these neighbors have a satellite cell phone. And so he goes to their garage and he finds it, but he can't get it to link up to a satellite.
1: The stranger goes out back and he's walking around and he's looking at all the damage. And then he goes over the sand dune to the beach and he sees a watch laying in the sand, and he goes to pick it up. It's attached to a severed arm.
0: This is where the camera pans out. The beach is completely full of debris, and Uh not far from where the stranger is standing, there's a dead pilot. All of the debris, it looks like a giant plane just crashed on this beach.
1: Yeah, and then there's bodies everywhere. It's a crime scene, and then... As he's looking around, he sees another plane coming towards him. So he books it. The stranger books it over the sand dune into the house and hides
0: behind the door as another plane crashes behind him. If he hadn't made it back inside the house, he would have been impaled by something because the force of the crash took out all the windows around the door and Mm -hmm. the door protected him from, from most of it.
1: Yeah, that's what caused all the damage to the house, where right there's just planes crashing on the beach. Yeah. And part of me was like, Why aren't the pilots just flying the plane somewhere else? And this is where things started sinking in for me. The pilots, obviously, they don't have to crash their planes. Something is
0: taking over the autopilot and forcing them to crash. I didn't even think about that. I just thought that their navigation system was was wonky and, and they didn't know where they were going. But you're right. Pilots should be able to man a plane and, and land it safely.
1: Something's taking over and forcing them to crash. Holy
0: cow. And now he's also realizing his wife is probably dead. Yeah, because his wife was supposed to be on a plane that same morning. So the stranger gets back to the rental house, to his house. You could tell he doesn't want to tell his daughter that he just saw planes crashing because mm-hmm. he's, again, trying to protect her from the fact that her mom is probably dead.
1: Yeah. And so he asks, he's soaking wet, by the way, because of the water that came through the windows and stuff. And so he asks his daughter to go get him some dry clothes. When she walks away, she, he tells. The wife, this is what I saw at the beach. Mm -hmm. And then he tells her that the satellite phone didn't work. And that would only happen if our satellites are down.
0: Yes. And before they can process this, there is an insanely loud screeching noise that erupts overhead coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's so strong that it cracks the windows.
1: They all fall to their knees and clutch their heads and scream.
0: It doesn't seem to last very long, but what the hell was that? you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And the wife, she realizes her children are outside and she runs outside clutching her head to go find her children while the screeching is happening.
0: And the kids, obviously, they were exploring in the woods and they also fell down holding their heads when the Mm -hmm. noise is over. Everyone's gathered back in the kitchen. The son starts complaining that his head is hurting. And everyone's like, you know what? It's probably normal. And at this point, the husband shows back up. And he says
1: that he didn't find anything out. You know, that he didn't see anybody while he was out.
0: But he does tell them about the plane. Yeah, he shows them the pamphlet that the plane dropped. And it's in another language. Is it Arabic? Arabic or Arabic adjacent The son recognizes the writing on the back. He says that he has seen it in a video game or something. And he says, that says death to America. Mm -hmm. So at this point, this is when it clicks for everybody, like, oh shit, this isn't a power outage. This isn't navigation systems going down. Like there is a coordinated terrorist attack. The wife and the husband grab their kids and they're like, we need to GTFO. We're gonna go to my sister's house in Jersey. Mm -hmm. By the way, I don't know if Jersey is where you wanna go when the world is ending, but sure. The stranger and his daughter, they're just like, oh, Uh, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) They're like, bye. But I think, but the stranger is like, you could tell he's a good guy. He's like worried about them. He's like, I don't know if you guys should go. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea.
1: And the daughter's like, daddy, let them go. Daddy, they want to leave. Daddy, leave them. Leave them alone. (laughs) The husband and the wife and their kids get in their car. They're trying to leave to go to Jersey, but the roads are blocked. And at first they're like, uh, traffic. But then they realize it's all the same car. It's all self-driving Teslas.
0: The wife gets out of the car to go look and she realizes that they're all empty. Nobody's driving them. And they all have the sticker from the manufacturer. Somebody hacked these Teslas to crash into each other and block these roads. She runs back in the car and gets her family's car out of the way, just as like two more Teslas are just racing towards the others.
1: And then they go back to the rental house. But on their way back on this road, they have to play a game of fucking Frogger to stay out of the line of all these
0: self-driving Teslas that are going to
1: block all these roads.
0: Right. The thing I don't understand is like, okay, good plan to like block the roads, but there was no one on this road anyway. Why are you blocking this random road in Long Island, a rich beach town where everybody has left for the season? It leads to the bridge. Gotcha. So they're actually blocking people from the city from getting out.
1: Yes. The husband, the wife, and the kids go back to the rental house, and they're like, hey, never mind. How are (laughs) y'all? And you know what? The stranger invites them back in and he's still staying in the basement.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have been like, the basement is downstairs. Yeah, make yourselves at home downstairs in the basement.
1: We are going to be rearranging the way things work.
0: Yeah, he's too kind. And I think his daughter is frustrated by this. Mm-hmm. The the adults kind of pair up into like the ones that get along and the ones that don't get along. So like the husband and the stranger's daughter, they're sitting outside actually smoking a blunt. (laughs) They're
1: smoking vape
0: weed. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, so they're smoking vape weed. The stranger's daughter says, I think my mom's dead. And he's like, I stranded some lady on the side of the road.
0: Yeah, so he hasn't even told his wife about this. And you could tell how he feels terrible about it. The stranger and the wife are sitting together in the kitchen and she tells him about the boat that crashed on the beach because she never mentioned that.
1: Yeah. The stranger is like, I work in defense contracting. I move a lot of money. Everything goes back to money. All right. Mm -hmm. And a while back, he had gotten invited to... Have drinks with one of his more wealthy clients. His client said that he was going out of town to have his biannual meeting with his evil cabal. Mm-hmm. Everybody laughed. It was a funny joke. The night of the symphony, he got a call from that client that he needed the stranger to move some of his large amounts of money around immediately for him. Yeah.
0: And the stranger said, this was an insane amount of money that my client was asking me to move very last minute, very strangely.
1: Yeah. The stranger made a joke to his client. Again, are you on your way to go meet with your evil cabal? And the guy didn't say anything.
0: Yeah. That the guy didn't laugh.
1: The guy didn't laugh.
0: And then he said, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And that it sounded almost like his client pitied him.
1: The stranger was like, oh, that was my first clue that something was wrong. And I didn't know what was wrong. And I didn't know what was going on. Right. But I did know that if something was going down, the city was the worst place for me and my
0: daughter. Right. So that is the real reason that he and his daughter took off for their house, even though it had people renting it. And so that makes sense. It makes sense now why he was so weird and awkward that night because he didn't know what was going on, but he knew that something was going to happen.
1: Yeah. So just, you know what? The stranger was like, the vibes were not vibing and we dipped. Yeah. And then on his way to Long Island, to his rental house, he heard about the blackout and stuff.
0: He says something really interesting because he says, you know, there's all these jokes about there being like this evil cabal that's in charge and pulling the strings. He said Mm -hmm. the truth is so much scarier. The truth is that no one is in control and Mm -hmm. that the most powerful people in the world, all that they have on us is a head start that's all they have. Like his client was powerful enough and connected enough to have a head start to know that something was going down, but it's not like he could stop it. And it's not like, you know what I mean? So that was, yeah, that was like, oh, okay. We are like low, low totem pole people.
1: Well, even the president, he's not in control either. He just has a head start to get to Camp David.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And the wife, she's hearing the stranger tell the story. And she thinks back to the very first day when they came to the rental house. She went to town to get groceries. Mm -hmm. And she said, I saw a man loading dozens and dozens of packs of water into his pickup truck. The stranger, he's like, was it Kevin Bacon that you saw? Was it him? Yeah. (laughs) He goes, oh, that was the
1: contractor that built this house. He's a self-proclaimed prepper. That's just a normal Tuesday for him. I wouldn't. He didn't know. He just does that every Tuesday.
0: He's a prepper. He always has water. He always has medicine. He has He has everything. He's always prepared for the end of the world. His name is Danny, played by Kevin Bacon. He lives on the island. He lives there somewhere. Yeah. At this point, I almost feel like they're in denial a little bit because they're just mm-hmm. kind of like, ha ha, we're in danger. The world is ending We don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on. We have no communication with the outside world. The stranger goes, hey, want to check out my vinyl collection? He's like, let's listen to jazz. The wife is like, absolutely not. And so
1: she finds some of the stranger's daughter's vinyls. And she's like, now this. Mm -hmm. And so they
0: have like a little dance party. There's something about this dance party as the world is ending cliche that I really love. They did it in the Harry Potter movie. Like, why not? Do you remember when Harry and Hermione, they had that dance scene where they were just kind of dancing as the world is? uh, What else do you have to do right now? Yeah. So I love this scene. I thought it was really cute. The stranger and the wife. And it was a bonding moment for them where I think Mm -hmm. they were just two human beings that were like fucking scared and don't know what's going on. And they actually hug at the end of it. And Mm -hmm. the stranger says, my wife is dead. His wife is dead. And like for real for real, she probably is dead as fuck.
1: I mean, probably not on that island though. She's probably somewhere else
0: dead. He starts crying, which is so heartbreaking.
1: His wife is dead. The world is ending. At least in the United States.
0: I don't know. I feel like my shock would last probably through the entire like pre-apocalyptic stage.
1: Is it pre at this point? It's mid-apocalypse. But I don't think it's I don't think it's
0: apocalypse yet. Is it apocalypse if it's like warfare? this is warfare. This is cyber warfare. I guess what I'm saying, is it too early to raid? Is it too early to loot?
1: You know, my questions regarding the apocalypse and stuff were always, when is it appropriate to loot? You know, Mm -hmm. when is it appropriate to stop going to work? When can I stop
0: paying my mortgage? Communication is down. I'm not paying my mortgage. Well, I think the real question is like, when is it the point of no return? Because there have been many apocalypses and then things just turn around, right? Like 9-11. People are probably like, yeah, I'm not paying my mortgage. But then everything turns around and then we're back to normal and now you're getting evicted sort of thing. You have to know that you're at the point of no return before you Mm -hmm. can like commit crimes.
1: But yeah, like how long until the point of no return?
0: Yeah. Is it one week, two, three, a month? To be fair, the mini apocalypses that we experienced, they were very centralized. This is mass. This is mass. So I think it is appropriate time to stop paying your mortgage and loot as far as this movie is concerned. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so once again the screeching sound comes back. Oh, uh, yeah. That crazy screeching, loud sound. And this time it seems to be at a higher frequency than before. And it blows all the lights out. And yeah. now they are in the dark and they have to pull out candles.
1: And then the sun is like, I really don't feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel good. He wakes up sick that evening. And so they want to keep him really close. Like, okay, let's keep an eye on you. So the husband, the wife, and both of their children sleep in bed with
0: them. The next morning, the son pulls one of his front teeth straight off. And then instead of just being freaked out enough that he just pulled out one of his teeth, he continues pulling out teeth. Yeah, like he just starts pulling his
1: teeth out. And he's like, my teeth, as he keeps pulling them out. And obviously mom's losing her shit. The daughter's missing. The daughter's gone. She just took off.
0: Yes. So that morning when they wake up, the daughter is gone. So there's like multiple crises going on. Is it crises or crises? Crises. So the daughter like ran away from the rental home or something. She's missing. The Mm -hmm. kid is like super sick, losing his teeth. The stranger offers like a potential explanation for what's happening to the kid? Yes. Maybe it was the frequency, the high
1: frequency sounds. That's when his headache started. Maybe they're related.
0: Well, because he says something similar happened in Cuba, which I don't know anything about that. But he says that there is a way to transmit radiation through frequencies through sound waves or whatever
1: i hope that's movie magic and that's not real
0: no i think it's real say
1: you're kidding
0: i'm not gonna say psych a single time in this episode except for just then essentially this boy for some reason he was more susceptible to the radiation from the sound well he says i should have covered my ears quicker Oh, he didn't cover his ear quick enough. I don't know. It's just like the science doesn't seem to check out, but this movie had a good budget. I'm assuming everything in here is plausible.
1: The, the adults have to come up with a plan. And the plan they come up with is the stranger and the husband are going to take the son and go to the prepper's house to see if he has medicine. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. They're going to go to Kevin Bacon and ask him for some medicine. And then the wife and the stranger's daughter are going to go searching for the daughter.
0: Yeah, they think that she might have gone to the woods because, you know, they had been exploring the woods before. Mm-hmm. So the stranger, the husband and the son, they get to the prepper's house. His name is Danny. He's, again, I don't know why I'm like so tripped out that he's played by Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
1: we were going to call him the prepper. It's Kevin
0: Bacon. They get to Kevin Bacon's house.
1: He's hella, hella weird. This is not pre-apocalypse Kevin Bacon. This is mid-apocalypse, Kevin Bacon, and he doesn't want visitors.
0: I feel like he's not sure if there's zombies yet, like if the zombies started coming out.
1: Well, yeah, the stranger is like, hey, Danny, it's George. And Kevin Bacon says, hey, George, I need you and your companion to go wait by your car and I need your hands where I can see him. And then he comes
0: out with a shotgun.
1: But he doesn't have a point at them, it's just at of side, but yeah. he, you could definitely tell. He's not scared to use it. He, he's not scared to use it. The stranger is like, hey Danny, you know, we're friends. And Kevin Bacon says, uh, we were friends. They have to beg Kevin Bacon to help the son and give him some medicine. There's a the whole, there's like a standoff where like they're pointing guns at each other at one point.
0: And the only reason he agrees to help them is because the husband hands over the $1,000 that the stranger had given them. The prepper is like, "Um, what am I going to do with money? And the husband's like, well, if the banks are down, this might be the only currency.
1: And you know what? After they put the guns down, they sit down and talk like civilized people. And the husband shows Kevin Bacon the pamphlet that the plane dropped. And the guy said, I heard about a similar thing that happened in California,
0: only it was in Korean. Apparently, this prepper guy had communication with someone in California right before the the power was blown out. He says that his friend in California told him that planes were dropping pamphlets saying that it was the Koreans behind this attack. And so now we don't know what to trust, right? Because there's an obvious misinformation campaign happening. Yes, Also, side note, what medicine did he give the kid? It's not like his teeth are going to grow back.
1: I don't know if it's an antibiotic or a steroid, maybe.
0: They don't even know what's really wrong with him. But if it's radiation, which radiation will make your teeth fall out?
1: I don't know. Let me look and see what you use to treat radiation. Prussian blue. Those were blue pills. So that's probably... Where did Kevin Bacon get all this medication?
0: I mean, if he's a prepper, and obviously radiation is something you would prep for. Is it not in your binder, Courtney?
1: And not yet. (laughs) You need to put it in there. Kevin Bacon says, you know what? I have another contractor, buddy. He built for one of the neighbors over here. It was super top secret. He wouldn't even share the plans with me. They didn't even get permits. That's rich people talk for bunker.
0: Yeah. So the prepper's telling them, you guys should just go check out that bunker. And that makes me wonder, I guess he must have his own bunker because if he's aware of a bunker he would have gone to that. So I'm assuming he has his own bunker and he's just, you know. Of course he does. He has radiation medication. You think he doesn't have a bunker? Yeah, 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 that's true. So yeah, he tells them like, listen, the thorns, you know, the, the rich ass couple, a couple miles that way, the thorns, mm-hmm. they have a fucking bunker, I guarantee you. So you should go check that out. So the stranger is very shaken up and he tells the husband, I think I know what's going on. I mm-hmm. studied this. This is a method of destabilization.
1: Yeah. And he's like, I need to know we're on the same side here.
0: I was so confused when he said that because I thought he meant that they were going to kill Kevin Bacon and take all his yes, supplies. So
1: did I. So did I. So did I. But listen, I don't think like Kevin Bacon's alone. I'm pretty sure he probably has a wife and a kid inside that also have a shotgun. <laughs> yes, True. The stranger says, I need to make sure that we're on the same team before we talk about this because we're going
0: to go get that fucking bunker. Yeah, I guess he's just trying to make sure, like, listen, there's one bunker and there's two families, but there's no reason why we can't go there together. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to kill me to get that bunker, baby, I got a gun. Like, let's let's light this candle. So he's really like, let's decide here and now if we're in this together or if we're going to be fighting for these resources.
1: He was like. I am not about to
0: be caught unawares, as Courtney says.
1: (laughs) I'm not about to be caught unawares. And also, if you think that if it comes down between me and my daughter's safety Mm -hmm. and you and your kids, like, I, Mm -hmm. toothless in the back will die. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like... Like, listen. Oh
0: my God! Yeah, I may
1: have danced with your wife, and you may have smoked weed with my daughter, but we can become not friends real fast. Right, right. Kevin Bacon showed us that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the husband is like, oh yeah, dude, like totally. We're like besties now. What are you you kidding? Like, we're we're the best of friends. What's going on? Tell me. Husband's
1: a real pushover.
0: He is. Yeah, he's been a big pushover this whole movie. But also,
1: the husband is. A, like a liberal arts media professor. Yeah. So of course he is. He's a real chill guy. So the stranger explains that what they're doing, what whoever is doing this, what they're doing is considered the most cost effective way to topple the country because they destabilize the nation and then they finish each other off.
0: So the stranger says there are three parts to this. The first part is isolation. You disable Mm -hmm. communication and transportation so that no one knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the second part, it's synchronized chaos and misinformation. So we're talking about that sound, that crazy loud sound, the misinformation pamphlets. And what happens is people turn on each other. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the last part. Civil war and collapse. Yes. And he says the target nation has to be unstable enough for them to finish themselves off. So essentially, the enemy never steps foot on the soil. They get the target country to take themselves down and Honestly, it really feels like this could happen in the United States. We are very, very unstable, like emotionally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're not okay emotionally. Yes. Um, Or
0: physically because we have shit healthcare. So, like, we're very easy targets. You know, at this point, the stranger knows, like, this is what's happening. Someone is trying to topple our democracy. Like, civil war is coming. People are are probably going to turn on themselves. All you can Mm -hmm. do is just like hunker down and wait for it to end because things will, like the dust will settle Mm -hmm. eventually. So that's when the stranger says, we need to find that bunker. We need to get in that bunker.
1: Yeah. While the husband and the stranger and the son are at the prepper's house, the mom and the stranger's daughter are still looking for the daughter because They don't know where she is. She just, she left, but she did take a bike. So they're trying to follow bike tracks.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're following bike tracks through the woods. The wife and the stranger's daughter have this very scary situation because once again, hundreds of deers start surrounding the daughter and the wife. And then this male deer, the one, the ones with the giant horns coming out of its head, Mm He steps to the front. And dude, it's scary to me because it's like, what are these things planning?
1: Dude, they, it's like, like they communicated and they were like, there's a stray human. Let's get it.
0: But like, for what? Are they trying to eat it? There's hundreds of them. There's not enough meat between the skinny white woman and this- They're vegetarians. You know, <laughs> they're vegetarians. I don't get it. I don't get what's going on with these animals, but they, the intent, the vibes <gasps> are not good. What? What? Maybe the the radiation sound fucked with the deer. Oh, you're right.
1: And now they're aggressive. Maybe they're like zombie deers now. Oh my God, no. So deers get this thing called chronic wasting disease, which turned them into zombies. So like maybe this is like a weird form of like chronic wasting disease that turned them super aggressive.
0: Well, they seem very aggressive, especially when the male one comes up because he has these giant horns and like. He will impale you at like mm-hmm. 15 miles an hour. He will impale you. So the wife and the daughter, they just start screaming, like making like loud noises the way you would to spook a bear. And they're like waving their arms. The women are terrified. Okay. They uh-huh. are they're not screaming just to make noise. They are wailing and crying. Mm. They are scared. Yes.
1: Finally, the deers were like, uh, crazy doesn't taste as good. So <laughs> They just all scatter.
0: The wife and the daughter, they're so, like, shaken that they actually end up hugging. And I think that was, like, Mm -hmm. an important thing because these bitches are about to live in a bunker together. Well,
1: the stranger's daughter also confides to the wife... They're like, listen. Do you understand that my mother is dead, and in this time where everything's uncertain and the world is going to shit, and I need my mom most, I can't have her because she's fucking dead. And yeah. you're being a bitch.
0: Yeah, she's like, stop being a bitch to me. Because the stranger's daughter and the wife haven't liked each other from the get go. Whether it's misunderstandings or microaggressions, it's it's real tension between them. Por qué nos dos? Por qué no los dos? Yeah, why not both? It it was both misunderstandings and microaggressions. This moment was bonding for them to go through the scary thing together. But the most terrifying part, as the wife and the stranger's daughter are continuing along the woods, the stranger's daughter just stops at the middle of a clearing and she's staring off into the distance, just like she goes sheet white.
1: And it takes the wife a minute to catch back up with her because the wife sees a house and she's like, the bike tracks lead there. My daughter's there. Mm-hmm. And so the wife finally sees that the stranger's daughter stopped. And she goes back to see what it has cost her to stop and stare. And it's the city. Okay. She can see New the city. city. New York City. There's fires. The city has gone to hell.
0: As the camera pans up and we're out of the woods, because remember, the woods are insulating, like all of these trees are insulating. When the camera pans up above the woods, we hear the terrifying sounds that are coming from the city. There's also, I mean, there's sirens. You could see fires, Uh, you could see smoke. Gunshots. And the fact that you can hear the gunshots all the way from the city
1: just tells you, like, one, how big the guns are and how much, how many gunshots there are.
0: And then you could hear very faint screaming. That's the terrifying. City is mass chaos. Mass chaos. And that's just Manhattan. And that's just Manhattan. Right. So now we cut to the young daughter who is, in fact, at the house where her her bike tracks lead to. And this house is the Thorns house. It's the same house that the prepper told the stranger and the husband, like, hey, they have a bunker. The young daughter is living her best life. She's eating junk food. She's binge eating all of this junk food on the table. And I would have been pissed, first of all, because we could have rationed that shit. You know what I mean? We can't make a Mm -hmm. Costco run for probably another seven years. Like, I would be so pissed if she ate all the cereal.
1: And then she decides to explore the house. She goes downstairs to the basement, turns the lights on, and finds this bunker. There's beds. There is, like, oxygen filters to, like, recycle oxygen. There's
0: plants. There's like a nursery with plants. Yeah,
1: There is bathrooms. There's this huge pantry full of food. There's also a TV with a DVD library.
0: There's a TV with a DVD library. She stands back and sees this giant wall full of DVDs, which is a little hilarious when I see it in people's houses because I'm like, who has DVDs anyway? But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense for a couple reasons. One, this is the apocalypse. Obviously, there's no signal, but your DVD still works. And now you have all this entertainment, all these movies. I mean, it's a huge collection of movies. And the little girl goes and she finds the Friends DVD and she puts in the last disc and she sits down to watch the last episode.
1: She starts the final episode of Friends that she's been dying to watch because, listen, Young daughter had a mission and she wasn't about to let the apocalypse stop her (laughs) from her mission. And so she went and she found a way to make her dreams come true. And I respect it. I
0: respect it too. This is why Gen Z is going to rule the world one day if it doesn't end before they're of age.
1: She was like the apocalypse.
0: No, no, I don't think so. This is not a good time for me. I got to finish my show. But what's crazy is that like the fact that the only movies we actually own are the ones that we have physical copies of, didn't really hit me until I watched the scene. Because if you think you own a library of digital movies, no, you don't. There are studios that are taking back movies that people purchased. They're like reverse Uno card, like you thought you owned this? No, you don't. The
1: same thing is happening with audiobooks. I had owned some audiobooks, and then the rights reversed from the publishing house to the author. And the author didn't buy the rights to the audiobooks. And so the audiobooks are just gone.
0: That's crazy, dude. So yeah, now that I think about it from that perspective, it's actually not crazy to have a library of DVDs. Like you need this for your bunker, for your doomsday bunker. It actually makes perfect sense.
1: I think when, especially when you're doing like a doomsday bunker,
0: it's always like... Yeah, people don't think about entertainment. Yeah. Like you're going to wish you died <laughs> if you have nothing mm-hmm. to do. That's so true. I never see that in the bunkers. I never see any like fun activities. It's just food and toilets and, and beds. But anyway, this little girl is sitting there and she's watching the last the last show of Friends. This is where the movie basically ends. And then you hear the Friends theme song. And so we can assume what happens, right? Because the husband and the stranger, they already know about this bunker. So they're coming for it. So they'll they'll meet her there, right? Yeah, they'll find the daughter. And then the wife and the stranger's daughter, they were headed there anyway because they saw the tracks. Mm-hmm. I think it was a fine ending. We didn't need to see them all unite in the bunker because we knew, mm-hmm. we know that they're going to get there. My question is, the people who built that bunker, you really think they're not trying to get to it? They're probably dead. How are they dead? Did you see that city? I don't know. I feel like the odds of those people trying to come back for their bunker are not zero. But then also the odds Mm -hmm. of people knowing about that bunker and being like, we need to get to that bunker are also not zero. What about the contractor that built that bunker? You
1: think he's not like... I know a real sweet spot.
0: Right. And he built it. So he knows it inside out. And Mm -hmm. this is where the war of resources really begins. When you find yourself a bunker and then someone's like, "Uh, no, you didn't because this is my bunker. And now the shotguns need to do the shotgunning Mm because we can't all have this bunker. But can't we? No, we can't. Mm -hmm. But but can we
1: share? No. No. I don't know, man. I think that, oy, listen, I feel like this movie was more of a how-to guide <laughs> than it really needed to be, right. to be completely
0: honest. On how to take us down.
1: But dude, literally, from start to finish of this movie, it was what, like four days? Three days?
0: Yeah, also, it was a very, I have to say, this movie was overlong. It was very long. It was like two hours and 16 minutes. It was an interesting movie. I'm glad we did it. And mm-hmm. uh, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, Maury's bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time.
1: Bye.